0: It is stronger than people's perceptions of you. It is stronger than people's perceptions of you. You're being fueled by this person or thing. It's just this force that you have to keep creating.
1: Inspiration is a mystery. Having the vision to make something out of ideas and whims. Fleeting thoughts and feelings that the rarest of us can capture and mold into a form. What is the nature of this powerful force that lies just beyond our understanding and reveals itself to us in moments of clarity or emotion? Does it reside in some higher plane of consciousness, or is it hidden just below the surface of our everyday world? How do you quantify such a force? People have been trying to put a name to this inspiration since the beginning of recorded time. The Greeks put name to it, the names of goddesses. Names like Calliope, the goddess of epic poetry, or Euterpe, the goddess of music. They are the nine daughters of Zeus and Mnemosyne, and they each preside over different forms of art. They have the power regarded as inspiring a poet, artist, thinker, or the like. They are the muses. Today, we'll talk with Gabe Pollock, Chris Anderson, and our featured guest, Lisa Quine, about their experience being creators and about some of the muses in their lives. I'm your host, David Allen Moss, and I'm glad you've joined us.
2: I'm Thomas Fox with Creative Mornings Cleveland. We're thrilled to have Evergreen Podcasts on board as our official podcast partner. Evergreen Podcasts is committed to producing the best original content and engaging shows. Right now, you're listening to Wake Up Call, recorded on location at the monthly Creative Mornings lecture series. Enjoy.
1: Gabe, welcome to Wake Up Call. How are you this morning? I'm feeling pretty good. Here you are in this amazing club, 300-plus events a year. Talk about what powers your muse. Is is this your muse? I would say this is my muse. Um, Yeah. You know,
2: thinking about it, I think there are two main muses, one which got me wanting to do something like running a venue. Right. And that muse was back in college when I failed a class by the guy who actually performed here last night. And I, Wait a minute. <laughs> I actually hadn't seen him in about 11 years. You know, I was a jazz trumpet major and I took a class and I failed it and it really got me thinking whether I wanted to be a performance major. And I realized I didn't want to and so I kind of completely changed my trajectory and at the time I hated that this professor had failed me. But looking back on it, it really shaped kind of the, the path I'm on today and that ultimately led me to this job. That guy was Billy Hart, who was one of the most recorded jazz drummers of all time. And he played here last night, and uh, he did not remember failing me. So that's I was going to just ask you. <laughs> you probably said, hey,
1: man, you remember me? And It's
2: the only, <laughs> the only class I ever, uh, I did not pass. But um, I would say now that I am running this venue and I have to keep the day-to-day going, I would honestly say my muse are my regulars
1: and the performers that play here. It doesn't always make a lot of sense, but it can be easier to accomplish something if we're expected to do just that. And accountability can be a huge inspiration. That's why we're so often told to share our goals with people in our lives. In Gabe Pollock's case, he doesn't have to share much with the people walking through the doors or the people on the stage to be expected to do his job well. That daily bit of inspiration keeps Gabe motivated and keeps the bop stop running year after year work has always been that thing that keeps me happy and if i don't
2: like what i'm doing i feel like i'm going to be a much sadder person so right. i want to i want to you maintain want to preserve that but, the muse. but this exactly there's the personal pleasures i get from my work and from my muses that keep me going i guess but you know one thing i think about with the bob stop being here in cleveland is that the work it means a lot to other people and uh, you know i think when you think of The Bob Stop's role in revitalizing this little area of Ohio City uh, and then how that plays into revitalizing Cleveland and then people feeling good about the city they're living in, you know, those are like the bigger goals. Someone moving into an apartment next door may say, oh, my God, there's a jazz club right across the street. Like, I'm not really, I don't know much about jazz, but that is something that I want in my neighborhood to at least have the option of going to.
1: Next, I sat down with Chris Anderson. I started by asking
3: him about his inspirations. What does this process look like for you? That's a, You know, it's a funny thing. It's changed over time. So it used to be, um, when I was much younger, my muse was fairly manic, and it, it happened, you know, when you get inspiration, it happens really quickly, and um, it's good, yeah. especially when you're younger, but you have a hard time... Documenting what the muse has spoken, I think like as I, time goes on, having a little bit more of a a sleepy muse, something that 's regular and practice and not cautious but more methodical, ends up making it less less just thought and more visceral and I think that 's where most of my inspiration comes is not recalling only. You know, mental details of things that ha, uh, that you know come in, but sort of feeling memories and listening memories and um, emotive memories more than just thought memories. You're sitting with other musicians, so yeah. it is way more manic
1: at an early age. You're like, dude, and you're like, this is the thing, this is the thing, and then it comes in, and you look at it the next morning like, that was not the thing.
3: Everybody right? loves Minor Threat when they're like sixteen. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs>
1: muses, inspiration and the process of creating are all fluid. Nothing is static in the creation process. We can hone our skills and refine our process as we grow, both in terms of age and in our level of accomplishment. While these dynamics seem to always be in play, there's one thing that hasn't changed for Chris in a long time. It's some of the kids in his life, and they're not his. Listen to this. What kind of creative uh individuals inspire your work. I mean, they could, they can
3: be in another genre or another craft. So I'm a teacher. Okay. So, uh, and, and actually that helps to inspire your work too. So I, I teach at a Waldorf school. So we start with the class in first grade and, and this year is my eighth grade. So I've had them this whole time. The same children. See, you can't be an expert at anything, so every year you have to learn how to do something a little new that you're uncomfortable with. And the children respond really well to your struggles as long as they see it as a struggle and a process and, and not something that you get angry with. Right. Some of the like, failures are the, are the best parts of something that's spontaneous and new and exciting. Just for some context,
1: the Waldorf method of teaching is an educational strategy that endeavors to create well-rounded students through a broad curriculum. It includes academics, art, and music education, physical education, and emotional and social education. The stated goal of the Waldorf Method is to produce individuals able to create meaning in their own lives. The Waldorf Method is similar to Montessori. However, instead of focusing on real life experiences as Montessori does, Waldorf schools emphasize imagination, and fantasy, It's no surprise that this method was created by Austrian scientist and philosopher Rudolf Steiner. Big emphasis on philosopher, right? And it is kind of funny to claim failure, especially seeing others' failure or struggles as a muse or inspiration, but I think Chris is right. It can be. I wonder if it's just the comfort of knowing that the process is just that, a process, and it can be a fight to get through it. That's something we all need to learn, hopefully sooner rather than later. And if these kids and their teacher, Chris, can find inspiration in each other, well, that symbiosis is really beautiful. You're listening to Wake Up Call.
3: We'll be right back.
1: At Evergreen Podcasts, we love great stories and great storytellers. We also know that life is busy. That's why Aaron Califato's podcast, 7-Minute Stories, is perfect for those of you that feel just like we do. Unique people, interesting thoughts, life questions, and more, all in a compact format that works for all of us. New episodes every Thursday. Take a listen and subscribe. 7-Minute Stories, because a lot can happen in 7 Minutes. You're listening to Wake Up Call.
3: Welcome back.
1: You know what? You said you never really forget your first muse. My goodness, I had to write it down.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so glad you like that And the way line. you
1: presented the muse, do you think the first muses that come are just pure passion, and you, you can't really put them to work because you're just, like, overwhelmed with joy, and, you know, you don't know how to channel that inspiration from
0: Oh, yeah. In in high school, when I got my first muse, (laughs) um, (laughs) it sounded so weird. (laughs) When
1: I, Back when, when I got my first Muse number one show <laughs> walked through the door, that tall drink of water.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's already a lot going on. High school is definitely one of your more, most formidable yeah. time periods. Like, I had no idea what to do with myself. I was already hand lettering lyrics, but I didn't have anywhere to go for inspiration. Like, the most popular things that um, were out at the time were customizing your MySpace page and your AIM profile. Yeah. Oh which was gosh. all digital. Artwork right, and
1: you're
0: like, that, ew. Yeah, in Microsoft Word, they had like 20 uh, things you could do with typography, and that And they had and that, that
1: paperclip guy. Go oh, away.
0: <laughs> right. So, I mean, I wanted to hand letter. I had no idea that that was even a thing. But when I saw this booklet from Panic! at the Disco... I I saw hand lettering in a professional setting, and I already loved the band so much, so it was just like worlds coming together. So, I mean, that's when I was like, okay, this is inspiration, this is what I needed to see, and I'm gonna run with it.
1: This is Lisa Quine, the guest speaker at today's Creative Mornings event. She's a creative consultant who specializes in lettering, murals, illustration, and graphic design. Look her up and check out her work. You have to see the hand lettering that she's talking about. It's incredible. And listening to Lisa talk about the evolution of this passion is, I think, really inspiring to everyone here. Where does the muse come from? Like, how do we know? Like, a lot of creatives out there are, like, searching for that thing. Like, some come to this event like, where's the answer? (laughs) They need the spark. Maybe everyone's here for their muse.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, I think it's a combination of two things. One, it's intentional, and two, it's random. Sometimes you just need to take a shower, take a walk, and <laughs> not be in front of anything but the world or your shower yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. like, I I get so many ideas from just like going on a run and just blinking, and then all of a sudden it just hits you. Yeah. So that's just one thing. I don't rely on that all the time. The intentional part is finding inspiration from things that maybe are outside of what you do. So I talked a lot about finding inspiration in music and um, going to places where other hand lettering artists are not looking right now. So everyone, like I said, it's kind of, uh, it gets to be a wind tunnel on Instagram and Pinterest these days. So going outside of that to look for inspiration. That's a
1: great way of putting it. This is a point that everyone should apply in their work. Don't just look for inspiration or amuse within your own discipline. Get outside of your comfort zone. But it is good to have our go-tos, the things that we know will spark something in us. That's especially important when we're stuck.
0: Yeah, I just, um, like the lettering library is now one of my biggest inspiration. Like that took the place of the CD booklet and that's all on my computer and they're all digital files, but someone took the time to buy $10,000 worth of these reference books from the turn of the century, take a picture of every single page and then sell it online brilliant.
1: So that's something you were able to buy, the lettering library.
0: Yes, yes. There are 125 books included in this lettering library, and I just drool all over them. (laughs) It's just like, it's mind boggling. and um, Ancient
1: hand drawn letters? (laughs) Or ancient, but...
0: Almost. um, Like it's late 1800s, (laughs) early 1900s, which is the sweet spot if you're into vintage lettering. Like, it's so detailed and I don't... i just love it there's something about it and i think um maybe it's because it reminds me of cleveland's greatest architecture which is from around the same time more
1: filigree more artistry everything just connects yeah (laughs) yeah what about the people that are in the creative maybe just people in general that are still hunting for the muse it's hard to give them advice because it's so personal
0: you're the one that's looking around for muses, and if you get a random idea, it's up to you to act on it or not act on it. So I think we still have control as individuals, but um, it's helpful to make those connections and maybe talk about your ideas with other people.
1: Talking about and sharing ideas with others is really helpful, but there are times when we just need to work it out on our own for a bit.
0: I. I find that reflection is super helpful. Keeping a journal when I was single helped me because I was a really like emotional person. I'm like, why why can't I find true love and stuff like that? But like recognizing what I was doing, what was working, what was not, it was almost like scientific. But if I mean, no matter what you're going through and if you're creative, recognizing that this is not a great period and taking that and using that as fire to fuel your work is what i found super helpful for me i mean like i said i was worried when i was happy because i was doing my best work when i was sad
1: like the more you reflect or hold up the mirror (laughs) which is always hard you know you'll see your muse
0: Ah, i like that yes you are your own muse yeah i love that
1: Being reflective and thoughtful is really important, isn't it? I suppose it is in countless ways, but very much so for creatives. We can have so many ideas flying around. Some of them are immediate and all passion, energy. They are ideas for right now, but I really think that we also need to give ourselves the space to just be with our ideas, our thoughts, our musings. We're complex and conflicted people, but we're also dreamers. And we need space to dream. Most of us don't credit Terpsichore, the goddess of dance, or Talia, the goddess of comedy, up on Mount Olympus, as having inspired our latest work. But I know that we are inspiring each other, learning from and building on each other's work. There are muses all around us they're in a painting or a song, in a beautiful meal or the opening credits of a film. They're in a quilt, a photograph, a dance, or a poem. You might even find a muse in the way a garden is landscaped, in the architecture of a building, or in the eyes of a person you love. So keep your eyes open and be inspired by whatever you call your muse. Wake Up Call is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya, producer and audio director Dave Douglas, story editor Julie Fink, and account manager Connor Stinch. Thanks to 2Bob Crew for the use of their song Rooster, available on iTunes. If you'd please like and review this program, it would really help. Learn more about this and other podcasts from Evergreen at evergreenpodcasts.com. Wake Up Call, Ideas That Crow.